This is exactly right. Welcome to My Favorite Murder, <laughs> the podcast where we you know exactly where you are as every time. We introduce you in the very beginning. You're baffled when you hit play and stare at our logo until we tell you where you are. Do you want to start with Corrections Corner? Do you want me to start with telling you something crazy that happened? I will start with saying that I did a tweet about me belching okay. so loudly that people heard me on the street right which I and love. it was very embarrassing and lots of people responded and were like i knew i was a karen and the irony of that uh-huh. is the way one of the way georgia and i became friends <laughs> one of the icebreakers from the very beginning was we were at a thanksgiving dinner at our friend's house very small party we didn't we we knew each other from talking once at a party yeah. i believe and Georgia, almost the entire party was belching, and it, I could not stop laughing. It was my favorite fucking thing in the world. And so when that happened, and people were like, "I'm such a Karen," I was like, "I wonder if Georgia's gonna get mad that I just stole her her thing." Yeah, I'm angry that you stole the most embarrassing thing about me. <laughs> That's so gross that my mom is so ashamed of. That clearly just indicates that I have some gastrointestinal issues. I mean, join the club. I guess we all do. But I want you to have it. I want you to have that. I want you to be known for that instead of me. Okay. Oh, well, I have clearly moved into that because I made this burp. I put my hand up to cover my mouth. I will say that for myself. Right. But I think that made it. There's an echo effect that was created because of my hand <laughs> cupping. And so it was like I was yodeling a burp across Magnolia Avenue. They're going to start bringing you on stage at Coachella to fucking yodel <laughs> your burps. Fuck the yodeling boy. Let's get me belching into a microphone. That's right. Yeah. What's I once your belched out the window in, in the passenger seat on like in like Beverly Hills and like angled it out the window <laughs> and next to us in the at the stoplight rolled down and well, the windows rolled down or maybe his car top up because he was so rich uh who i angled it at was the dude from um uh american idol who ryan seacrest yes Oh no! I belched right at him, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "You're going to Hollywood." <laughs> and then Randy Jackson popped up and was like, "Little pitchy, little pitchy on that one." Speaking of pitchy, we just wow, <laughs> we just sang Stephen Happy Birthday. His birthday was yesterday. You guys, it's Stephen Ray Morris's thirty first birthday. That's right. I feel old. No, you are. You're so old. Um, we we celebrated with a. Uh, I, I was like, what do we? We have to get uh, Stephen like a dinosaur cupcake or something. And then Vince went to the grocery store last night and came back with this uh, Hello Kitty birthday cake Ugh. in the most like insane box. It was just so hilariously perfect. <laughs> and then we ate it. Oh, we ate it. My heart is racing right now. <laughs> yeah. Stephen had two pieces. I was like, do you want me to throw this away? He was like, no, I want another piece. And he's having coffee. My theory is that it wasn't ice cream per se. It was just ice cream like frosting. Yeah. Like it was just an entire frosting cake. Frozen frosting. Frozen frosting With cake. frosting on the outside. Yeah. It and was confetti. And confetti. Mm-hmm. It was pretty great. It was so amazing. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday Stephen. Stephen. You. Can you tell us what you've learned in the past year? Ooh. Mm, pay your parking tickets. Yes. <laughs> Which is, I think, what you told me last year. Yes. 
Really? And yes. so that worked for you? Yes. This has worked? Yeah, yeah. Great. This is, we just pass wisdom like this. Yeah. Don't, you're saying don't delay, do it right away. Yeah. Because then it just it has like anxiety because you just see it sitting in your back seat and yep. you're just like, yeah. you already know it's that money's gone. But then, yeah. I don't or know. you know you're late anyway, so you don't pay it. And then you realize the first time you knew you were late, you weren't late and yep. you could have not had to pay double. Yep. Oh, I've given thousands and thousands of dollars to the city of Los Angeles for parking tickets. Yeah. When I lived in San Francisco, I'd get tickets all the time and I would... I would park in the um, crosswalk in front That's of our right. house <laughs> because I just couldn't find a spot ever. And then I got, and then I found out that I owed San Francisco eight hundred dollars oh in parking tickets. I my the. I wish I had a recording of the way my dad was yelling on the phone because in the middle I was all scared and upset as he's yelling at me and then I realized oh I'm not at home anymore yeah this is like I can just pull the phone away from yeah. my ear put it down walk around I don't have to just listen to him yell you must be you don't have to listen to your parents anymore no even though he was a hundred percent right I was just like yeah all right talk to you later go ahead and pay that okay pay it talk I, to you later I did a fucking rookie thing as someone who's lived in Los Angeles for like 20 years I paid a ton of money in the first like two years to parking tickets because that's what happens and then I was like well now I got this I I am LA like this is my hometown in one week in the same spot I got three tickets whoa in the same fucking like did you not move your car no you just kept it's like it was like next to my cafe that I go work at and I was just so involved in what I was working on that like and also I don't know math so I like forgot that an hour had gone by and not two and yeah but that means you're in the flow that's actually very good you're when time collapses like that you're in the flow of creativity and all i have to do for that is pay 68 (laughs) dollars it's just it's it's all akin to going to uh universal studios it's up there okay but you know, there's less rides at that cafe. <laughs> but isn't it? A, it's a wild ride in my brain. That's right. And that creative uh, energy. My stupid brain. I have something to tell you, Karen. Uh-uh. Something happened that just made me laugh. When you guys left after the uh, episode yesterday, last week, where are we? <laughs> See, because time has collapsed. We're in the flow right now. <laughs> We're there. All right. Something happened that's like one of your, I wouldn't call it your biggest fears, but this thing that you are anxious about. Did you, you didn't have pants and the only pants that were there were too small? No. To put on? Do another, no, guess another one. Like a thing that you're, like, you're always like, what, is this going to happen? You fell down in public. No. Ugh. Um, remember when you fell down when, after we had lunch together, like one of the first, not like one of the first times after starting the podcast that we had hung out, we had like gone to lunch. We had just recorded Joe DeRosa and Kurt Braunler's podcast. At Meltdown. Yeah. What's it called? And we went across the street. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, emotional hangs. Emotional hangs. And we left and, <laughs> oh, you just ate it. I felt so bad. I, I fucking, mean, I fell in that way where uh, the styrofoam container that had my half of a BLT <laughs> flew out of my hand and into the middle of sunset. It's so sad. And it's this thing. I have these trick ankles, both of them, because I've sprained yeah. both my ankles so many times that every once in a while, if I step down wrong, I especially think there was a little pothole, too. Oh, that's right. I stepped into a pothole. Right, directly into the tiniest pothole. And I can't help but laugh when I see that. And I was like, we're not good enough friends yet for me. <laughs> to laugh at you <laughs> how falling. could you not though 
There's no that you have to let people laugh if you fall. Yeah. If you're a grown adult that falls all the way down, yeah, you you have to take what comes. But I also laughed and then I went and got the car and brought it to you. So like I yes. I'm not a dick. I'm nope. not like bye. I'm gonna run through traffic. That's, that would have been amazing if you were like but well anyway great lunch see you later. <laughs> and on then your own. on my way out grabbed your your <laughs> styrofoam BLT and fucking took it with yeah, me. You're like oh I love oh, oh you don't want this. Are you threw it in the street? This is for my lunch. Okay, no. I... All right, let me set the scene. It's none of those fears? No. No moths? Box of moths? Uh-huh. What? <laughs> what? Are you serious? <laughs> I fucking... I... What? So you guys left. Vince and I sat down. We were hanging out, watching TV, and I was like, why is Dottie, my little kitten, just staring... She has, they have this box of toys, of all their like, little toys and stuff, and she's just staring at it, which is weird, and I eventually get paranoid and I'm like why is she is there like a spider in there what's going on so I pull the box out and turn the light on and there's a moth infestation in it and there are moths crawling all throughout no, it no yes, no no 100% I found a fucking box of moths <laughs> and so I put it out on the fucking on the balcony and I was like no can't deal with this right now and then I went back yesterday thinking or the other day thinking maybe they, they had flown away and it's just like you can see all the moth eggs in it there's still moths in it oh. so now I have to get them totally new toys and they're all these cool like murderino toys oh, that's right there's all these homemade toys I can't get rid of them oh so it's shit. just been, I, it's it's the thing I do to deal with things where I just leave it <laughs> put it on the balcony and shut the shade yeah a hundred percent oh my god that's now, do you think in any realm mm -hmm. this supports my theory that I am a psychic? Yes. Now, I know it's been about a year and a half since I talked about originally fearing boxes of moths, but I'm, maybe I'm a long-term psychic. Could be, and for no reason. And yes. it doesn't help It doesn't at help all. anybody. It didn't help me. It wasn't a warning. <laughs> Just turned into a funny joke. People have given us great box of moths. That's gifts. right. Up right over here in the podlock, we have some like joke box of moths. Gorgeous. People have, they've handmade moths mache. for us. Gorgeous. Paper moth shay. Paper. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's, maybe you are psychic to the puns I'm going to make a year and a half later. I just need to make a recording of when Georgia is talking and while she's talking, thinks of a pun. <laughs> The joy that comes into her eyes is so delightful. It's kind of like a cartoon <laughs> where you're like, paper mache, paper mache. Okay. Now do we talk about something fucking awful and heavy? Yes. My hometown Burbank. Yeah. So I'm on the next door app in my neighborhood. Which is the talk to your neighbors app. Talk to your neighbors app. We're having a yard sale. Somebody's trying to steal my recycling. My, my steal next door your app. fucking trash. For real. The, my neighborhood is filled with old, retired, may, potentially rich people. Because uh -huh. I live basically adjacent to a nice neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So I get all these. There's We get all the bad neighborhood stuff. We get all the fancy neighborhood stuff. Literally, there's listings like stranger on the street. Oh Just anybody walking by there trying to report on next door. <laughs> it is. Can you write back and be like, calm down? Yeah, I mean, I actually watched a guy. There's a really hilarious writer named um, Guy and or Kaiser that's, that I follow on Twitter that's also a, a TV writer that mm -hmm. my friends are friends with. So I kind of know of him. And I saw him one time on the next door app get into a fight with a guy and I DM him on Twitter and just go just so you know I'm on your side oh my and that God. was the, these people are insane they're beyond insane so one of the listings was raccoon out in the day 
There's shit like that where you're just like, you guys need to start going to a community center yeah. or take a class. Yeah. Or feed the raccoon and make friends with him. Or feed that raccoon and trap it and get it inside your house. But the other day on the Nextdoor app, God bless it, up comes an official Burbank police report about three dead bodies that have been found in a car. Jesus. And they don't know. There's a there's a bunch of talk that there's missing people from the Bakersfield area <sighs> that people are theorizing these might be those like this, missing a people. Family? It doesn't it did not say. It's just the missing individuals from the Bakersfield area is the only way they said okay, it. Okay, so maybe they're linked somehow. Well, that's the theory, but police are like it's unproven. That's not we d- they don't have the identif- identities yet. Wait, did, at the end did they say wink wink because that's how you know <laughs> that's how you know they know exactly right. what they're talking about um no but it's like i think that's about a year ago a crime very similar where it was in the morning and a parking person found the burnt out car remember yeah in burbank by the burbank library that's what this reminds me of but it's i don't think it's the same area but it still was seven in the morning and a parking person came and it was a red jeep that didn't park there for like several days what i think is interesting though is that it was parked in a illegal parking place which means they wanted the car to be found maybe. whoever left it there maybe you know what i mean yes the idea though that three dead bodies three people is just like god it, like what happened something please don't happened. let it be a family yeah what the oh, fuck yeah what the fuck so, so scary that's uh i don't know something i'll definitely come back to you with if there's anything interesting but it's like we talk about this stuff so much and we read about it so much and when it's you know it's what we always say when it happens like near you you're just like no way yeah this is happens other places totally scary so scary um let me change the tune do it, I have no way to do it and it <laughs> sucks okay i have two corrections from monday's uh minisode the term suck it was not said by Stone Cold Steve Austin. In fact, Vince <laughs> laughed at me when I said that. So I am a terrible wrestling wife. It was uh, said by these other people. Um, oh. I don't want to screw it up again, so I'm okay. not going to say. And then also, the thing I'm going to be drinking in the UK is not a pint of bitters, but a pint of bitter. B- okay, bitter. Bitter. Singular. Yes. That's it. That's good to know. But not, now we know. Then bitters are the thing I was talking about. Bitter is the thing you were talking about, right? Right. Because you can order bitters, but that's when you have when you're when you feel like you're burping a lot. Right. You can order bitters and make all that go away. Yeah, um, supposedly. By getting- I have a question. Okay. That we will find out when we are in London, England. Okay. I believe they they talk about having tea all the time. Yeah. But I think don't they just mean lunch? No, tea is like a snack. I. think. Oh shit, Karen! Why are we just doing this right now? Stephen? Look up well, high tea. What if we just put it out there to the universe and see who tells us? But uh, it's just—I'm watching a British show right now where they keep talking about what did you have for tea? I think when you—I think tea from the books I've read. I think tea is you have tea and like a dessert, like a what's for tea. It's like this dessert. It's like a sponge cake or some kind of pudding. Or, but not according to this TV show. That's which why. Which one? Oh, well, I want to talk about it at the end of the okay. show. All right. Well, okay. Well, when we had high tea, I think that's different. It's like lunch, snacks, snack. I, that's why I think it's snacks. It's not though, according to the show. Well, let, we should do it when we're there. Can I, think, I just tell you how excited I am about this thing? That it, in, our European tour. Yeah, I I'm mean, so dude, it's ridiculous. We have to bring different plugs to, ch- to plug in electrical sockets because oh, they don't have American plugs. Right. 
That's what you're excited about? No, I mean, just <laughs> that's one of the many differences. We're going to have very bad jet lag. Yeah. I mean, Stephen, can you do me a favor? All There's kinds like of things. three shows that aren't sold out in the UK. Can you find out which ones those are so we can? I think Oslo, it's Oslo. Oslo, for Oslo sure. you need to get more people in your <laughs> Oslo is halfway full. Yeah. And I think we might. What we'll do is we'll pull a curtain in halfway through the theater like they do at the yeah. improv when so the show hasn't sold so out. So it looks like there's more people. We'll shove everybody up to the front oh, we'll and we'll just have sit on the edge of the stage. Come on stage. We'll, yeah. we'll should rap. We should definitely do. We'll just talk. To, rapping is talking or performance rapping rap? Rapping is talking. Okay, good. I don't want to have a rap battle. We can all play telephone. That'd be funny. I mean, we could do crafts. Crafts. Steven, go ahead. I mean, right now, the only ones that are like, like not basically sold out are um, Oslo, Norway, and Glasgow. Okay, great. What the fuck, Glasgow? I lived there. You guys I, need to represent Karen. I lived there with you, you in guys two, need the to year 2000. Go represent your friend, Karen. I believe it was 2000, perhaps 2001. I was on your TV for a little while. Come on. I've, I've bought your cookies at Marks and Spencer. I've shopped at your malls. I got my hair dyed like you all do. God damn, they love a hair salon in Glasgow, Scotland. Really? Every I'm going. block has a different hair salon on it and every woman in glasgow had the most awesome modern cool colored hair i'm doing it give me a blowout okay great um Um, oh and we just want to say oh yeah jesus christ we just want to say this about all this ticket drama our tickets our live show tickets for our really exciting fall tour just uh got announced on monday it's been a crazy couple weeks with the fan cult starting to new merch it's really exciting but with new shit comes new shit. Uh, yes. So thank you for your patience. We know that there was a lot uh, of a lot of feelings happening. We were there with you front and center. Excitement, adventure around every turn. Just so you know, uh, we're now operating in a world where no one understands how big this is, except for uh, when things like this happen. Mm -hmm. So basically all they can do is uh, adjust and fix as we go. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for your patience as that happens. Um, People that are trying to send a message saying that we intentionally skip the Midwest. Yeah. I go ahead and relax that. uh, (laughs) Ask the people in Ohio. We were just there having great shows with them. There's no skipping intentionally of anything. We're just we're just doing the tour that they're setting up it's for all us. planned by other people than us everyone is trying to be like i know it's idaho that they won't come to i know it's the city that george doesn't want to come to this state we've already been there it's been we've done Once, it we've been there so it's just gone and off the table yep so it's not your city state wherever it's not it's already been taken care of that's entirely right. that's right um but it's going to be super fun and it's we all we do is shows so Nothing is a final chapter. Just remember that, please. Yeah, we love doing shows, so we're going to keep doing it. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. 
I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional and be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code space 80. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient made in cookware. Made in was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made in. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of made in products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Goodbye. All right. And with that, who went first last week, me? I did. You did? Yeah, because I was like, I want to go first, right? Well, and again, I still don't, like, I feel like we we never got a confirmation on if you did Jesse Pomeroy in Boston. We did. I did. Okay. Someone actually, yeah. Shut yeah. Up. Somebody sent, somebody <laughs> sent a tweet. I should, I should have written her name down. I'm getting better at this, but I didn't do it this time. What? She sent a tweet that said, yeah, you did Jesse Pomeroy's sec- second show, late show. Glad we mean so much. It was something oh, really funny, right. like a real sassy Boston response that was like, yeah, late show. Thanks for the love from the late show or something. <laughs> it was really funny, but it doesn't matter because it honestly, we've done so many of yeah. these. That it really felt new to me. If you don't remember, if Steven doesn't remember, if I don't remember, if Wikipedia doesn't mention it, it never <laughs> fucking happened. Well, and that means that we can just keep on every like two years. We'll just cycle through the same story. Perfect. But we'll switch off. But we'll. Yeah. Oh, also, there was people that were saying you you said something was in some neighborhood and it oh, yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember that part. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's par for the course. I feel like we didn't say stuff, do stuff like that. Nobody would have any reason to interact. That's right. And then we would be, we'd all be so alone. The and secret isolated. is sometimes we do it on purpose just so you guys will pay attention to us. We plant them. They're called Easter, Easter egg <laughs> mistakes. They're called, they're called 
Passover mistakes. <laughs> Passover egg mistakes. Oh, for equality? For Jewish equality? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. I hear that. They're Pesach mistakes. Pesach mistakes. Let do me think of a th- pun. No, it's not there. It really Pesach. <laughs> Pesach. Pesach. Did that work? Karen! Did you even understand what I meant? Yes, it pays off. Ah. That was beautiful. You are slowly turning me to the pun cult. Oh, that was another. Somebody else sent a message that was like, and because Karen loved puns and my head almost exploded. I was like, now we're just blending into the same person. (laughs) Well, listen, it we've we've been doing a lot of things lately Mm -hmm. and we've been busy. Mm. And you know what that means when I've been busy and we come to do one of our episodes. I survived. I survived. I survived. All right. And this one, I have to thank. And I'm saying your full name because it's on your Twitter uh, feed. Right. So I'm not thinking that you have a lot of shame about it. There's nothing. There's n- <laughs> You're she shameful about her name? No, I'm just saying I want to say her whole name because okay. it's what her Twitter name is. Okay. Um, okay it's no. Charlotte White. Okay. And she tweeted me the other day. And name. she tweeted me a little video. Um, and she was like, what about this fucking awesome moment from <gasps> I Survived? I watched it. Did you watch it? And I was like, what is that episode? Okay. So she reminded me and I got real mad at myself for not, because this is one of those ones. And I think maybe I hadn't done it because this is another fetus snatching story. Just like Sarah Brady's. They just keep doing that. It's so crazy. But this one, I think this one might be crazier. And it's also really fucking hard to listen to. So anybody that's squeamish, I will warn you before I say bad things in this one. Because there's been times when I haven't done that. People get a little bit upset. I think that's a really good idea. Yes. Because these this one's rough. And what's incredible. So this is Tika's story. Okay. This is me basically copying down her (laughs) I Survive story. I feel like you've given I Survive so much fucking play that they would be like, yeah, go ahead and use the clip. I mean, one would like to think that. But lawyers aren't like that. (laughs) Those fucking copyright lawyers don't give a fuck. Okay, fine, fine, fine. So, so Charlotte sends a clip and it's Tika in the middle of telling the most gruesome thing, shitting on Michael Jackson. And it's so funny. And the way she does it is so funny. Uh And I was like, oh, my God, I love that one. And I responded to Charlotte and I was like, oh, my God, I love that one. She's amazing. Whatever. Yeah. And so then I was like, got to tell her story. Can we put the clip on like uh, on socials? Probably right. Yeah. We, I'll just we'll just retweet Charlotte White, and, yes. then, and then I read her home address. Charlotte White. <laughs> I'm going to say it 19 more times. Okay. She's at Call Me Charlie 16 on Twitter. Okay. If you want to talk to her about this, but I do. So I always remember Tika, and the, it's the way she tells the story because as she's telling she her she's always calm and and almost like zen like calm, and she's and we always say this and it's a really lame thing to say, Mm -hmm. but it's just how we feel. It's not about, we're not talking about beauty per se. Mm -hmm. This woman is fucking gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Like, and the way luminous. Yes, exactly. Radiant. I think was the word I used. She's radiant. And she just talked, she talks through the worst fucking thing that could happen to a person with this, like, she just kind of is rolling her eyes, like, and if you can believe this, this is what happened. Wow. And just like, holy shit. All right. So now I tell you, it's, we're in Washington, D.C., 2009. Okay. And Tika lives on the streets. 
Um, the way she describes herself, she said she is rebellious. She didn't want to live by anybody else's rules. And because of that, she got herself into what she calls some rough spots. Mm. So after living that way for a while, she decides she needs to get her life together and she gets herself into a shelter. She gets off the streets. Mm -hmm. Um, so she's in this shelter and she meets a guy named PJ. They fall in love and they get married. So, um, so when she's seven and a half months pregnant, she starts to get phone calls from uh, an unknown number. Mm -mm. And she finally, uh, when she picks up, it's a woman who says her name's Stephanie. And Stephanie says she works for a program that um, gets homeless pregnant women, like clothing, baby supplies, um, car seats, you mm -hmm. know, strollers, whatever. And she says that they have this big warehouse full of that stuff and that Tika can come down and pick out whatever she wants. Wow. And, and the smile that gets on her face when she's talking about this, where she's just like, I was thrilled. Yeah. Like it's this am amazing opportunity. And this is also the part of this element of this story that's so fucked up is this is a person who is as down on her luck as she can be totally and this is when she gets fucking victimized it's really fucked up yeah. so she's thrilled immediately her husband pj's like D i don't like this Stop i'm suspicious it. i don't think this is too good to be true yeah and he said he actually what he says is don't rush into anything you don't know about where Whoa. i'm like yes pj but Tika's like, I really need this stuff. And, and there he, are programs like that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's plenty of like good hearted people that want exactly that. Right. For, you know, want to help in that exactly that way. So she's like, yeah, don't don't be so mistrustful. Sure. So she ends up meeting this woman named Stephanie outside of the shelter. Um, and uh, she's she says that Stephanie is really nice she's very soft-spoken she gets into her car she starts stephanie asks her how everything is she starts telling her about her life and how she has turned it around she's gotten off the streets and now she's married and now she's gonna have this baby and that she's really really happy mm -hmm. and it mm -hmm. so uh they as she's like the, talking and driving you know she's just telling her about mm -hmm. everything they end up at stephanie's apartment mm -hmm. so she goes up into Stephanie's apartment with her and Stephanie brings her into an unfurnished bedroom and sits her down and puts on a movie and then starts doing other stuff. What? And so, yeah. So here's, this is the thing that like, you don't know any of this extra stuff. So this is just my opinion, but this is the kind of thing where if you're in the position of as of being given something right, right. that you really, really want and need right. very badly, you're not going to question a person that's changed starts changing their story ever so slightly totally because you still are ingratiated to that person for yes thing you you're like get me to that fucking warehouse yeah. if you need to stop off at your apartment so be it yeah that happens yeah and i'm sure that that woman gave her some storyline of why she needed to be there totally. for a little while so it's like oh i'll just put on this movie and uh, let me just get these things done but that's i don't know if that's exactly how i mean that happens. makes total sense that's how i'm picturing it where you start to rationalize. It's just like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah. So she gets a call from PJ while she's sitting there. Uh -oh. he, he goes, as she said, he goes, where are you at? And she's like, I'm fine. But she goes, because the truth was, I didn't know where I was. Yeah. So she doesn't want him to worry. Right. But his worry is making her begin to worry yeah. and begin to realize what a mistake it was to kind of lose herself in the conversation and ha she doesn't, she can't say where she is. Oh she doesn't know God. what neighborhood she's even in. Yeah. Okay. So, and it gets worse from here. Oh so, God. uh, 
they finish watching that movie. Stephanie puts on another movie. A movie? Uh-huh. So uh, it's just she like... She finishes an entire movie? Yes, two hours, right? Or maybe 90 minutes if it's an action film. But yeah, she then she puts on another one. And then they start watching that movie. And as they're watching it, a heavy blanket gets thrown over <gasps> Tika's head. And this woman starts beating her in the head. Oh. She hits her like 10 times in the head. Oh, my God. So Tika jumps up she puts her hands up and she says all she can see is blood <gasps> so uh and then she goes and when you're in that situation all you can think is i got to go yeah and so she starts running she gets to the fucking front door and this is <laughs> like makes me so crazy like when she was telling it but it also reminded me of the other baby snatching story that Sarah Brady told in her episode of I Survived mm -hmm. that I've already done, mm -hmm. where she runs to the front door of the woman's apartment building and it's locked. And as she tries to get it open, the woman catches up with her and grabs her and pulls same, her back. And it's the same thing, an apartment. But it's in the apartment where she says she gets to the door, there's a chain lock, a deadbolt, right. and then the bottom lock. So she can't get all three of them open uh. in time. This woman catches Stephanie, catches up to her, jumps on her, and this woman is twice her size. Oh my God. She said she was really big. And I, and it looks like Tika's pretty petite. Yeah. And they start wrestling around on the ground. She's fighting her and off. And she's seven and a half months pregnant and she's while she's seven doing this. And a half months pregnant. So oh, try to remember that throughout. Okay. Um so while they're fighting and she has a head injury already. Right. She has blood in her eyes from that head injury already. Right. Um, this woman's trying to choke her out. Um, she's, Tika's fighting back as hard as she can, but she can't see and, you know, the whole thing. This woman picks up a fireplace poker. Mm -mm. Yep. So if you don't like, if you're squeamish mm -mm. or you might faint and you're driving a car or whatever, hit, hit the forward 15 seconds button about three times right now. Oh no. Because this woman picks up a fire, a fireplace poker and hits Tika in the head about 40 times. What the fuck? Uh-huh. So she, at some point during that beating, passes out. Steven's like, I can't hit 15 Steve, forward. Steve. <laughs> Poor Steven. Steven just fell backwards and was like, this is my worth, worst birthday ever. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, Steven. Okay. So she comes to like two minutes later. Okay. As she feels the woman pick her up by the ankles and drag her down the oh. hallway toward the kitchen. Oh, my God. So. Kitchen. Nothing good happens in the kitchen. No. Not in this scenario. No. Then she hears her rattling around in the kitchen, mm -hmm. opening drawers and doing stuff. Mm -mm. Then she, um, the lady kneels down next to her. And she feels a sharp pain in her side. Oh, my God. And she looks down and she sees the woman's holding a box cutter. No. Mm -hmm. Oh, squeamish people. You're not going to like when I say she sees the woman holding a box. Well, cutter. they've still been fast forwarding past this. Oh, OK, good, good. I'm not going to worry about you anymore. <laughs> not you. The, the squeamish. I have, we have to fucking deal with it. <laughs> That's right. You guys have to take this no matter what. <laughs> Stephen is holding both his knees in his mouth. <laughs> Um, okay. So blood, of course, starts pouring out her side. Oh my God. She said there were, there was blood everywhere. I fucking bet. And the woman goes back into the kitchen. This oh. creeped me out so bad and starts to pray. 
So oh, she's saying no. stuff like, Lord, forgive me, Lord, I'm a sinner, no, I'm no. so sorry. Which is like, that's straight out of like a horrible horror movie. This is like the movie Carrie or something. Or yes. it's like, we need to pray. Yes. Like, it's like, no, no, you're fucking psycho. Yeah, it's not. God doesn't like you. You don't, the, praying won't help anything no. right now with you a fucking box cutter in right. your prayer hands. God knows you're about to go back to what you were fucking doing. <sighs> and of course she does. So Tika can't move. She can't. She's lost so much blood. She doesn't have the energy to do anything. She's just laying there. Uh -huh. The woman starts cleaning up the blood. What? She's just scrubbing, 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 cleaning. And then she kneels down uh, and asks Tika, Tika if she can get up. And Tika says, I don't think so. So the woman picks Tika <gasps> up carries her back to the unfurnished bedroom and puts her on a mattress on the floor. And then she takes Tika's cell phone away from her and turns it off. Oh, no. Yeah. So eventually, as she's laying there on this mattress on the floor, her bleeding stops. And um, she thinks, maybe I can talk to her and she'll let me go. Maybe if I... Yeah. The, the thing that most people do, where it's like humanize yourself. So she starts talk, saying, you know... Like, I guess based on the information she had in the conversation on the car ride over, she's like, she talked about her kids. She talked about, she talked yeah. about Stephanie's kids. She yeah. talked about her own kids. And she basically said to Stephanie, I would never tell on you because I don't believe in breaking families up. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want a person to lose their family. Mm -hmm. Stephanie starts pacing in circles and going. She said she could tell it was working on her because mm. she's pacing and murmuring to herself and freaking out. And at one point, Stephanie says, I got to get out of this apartment. <laughs> and Tika's like, oh, yeah, really? Oh, my God. Me, too. Then Tika says, and this is another one of those moments where you're just like, fuck, man. She said, but I know she's not just going to leave me there because I've seen her face and I know where she lives. Shit. So... At this point, she has been held. She's been battered and bleeding, held in this apartment for three nights. Three nights? Yeah. This has continued over, like, all of these things that she's done and oh taking her God. to the room and all I that. I was expecting, like, one afternoon. No, no, no. Like, it's, like, the initial beating and then a night. And, and she said the first night... She played movies all night and Tika didn't sleep all night. She just stayed up watching the woman. Oh, my God. Like, because she was uh, obviously like just didn't know what was yeah. going to happen next. Um, so then the third night, Stephanie walks into the bedroom and she's holding a metal bowl full of ice with a rag in it. Oh, no. A rag's on her shoulder. She's got six towels and two box cutters <gasps> and a knife. No, no. Why do people use box cutters? It's... Uh, it's so it's so awful and the rag over her shoulder like your mom did that that's actually my that's my mom at thanksgiving i know i'm yes. picturing your mom right now <laughs> totally my mom would be fully dressed to the nines mm -hmm. and then she would have the dirtiest dish towel on her shoulder because she'd be like pulling stuff out of the oven and right we call that a shmata in oh yeah in yiddish a little shmata it's just like a gross rag that you used to clean with <laughs> that's funny because in tv that we used to always uh, on the ellen show andy last night used to always say we need a shmata to cover this I always thought it meant like a nice tablecloth oh no <laughs> just like a piece of shit just like something we need to throw something over so this throw some rag over there okay, okay so nightmare time she, anyone coming at you with a metal bowl full of ice uh -uh. run the fuck if you can run bad intentions there's nothing good at the end of that mm -mm. Oh, yeah. so then and this 
is very upsetting and it also is something that was featured did you ever did you watch the um assassination of Gianni Versace no I haven't watched that yet it's good yeah it's really good I hadn't watched it because I because of course there was online we're not sure if we like it or not yeah, which yeah. I always then go oh forget it yeah and then someone was like what are, are you crazy it's the best and you will love it yeah. and I did and it's brilliant but there's one part where he has a victim and this is what happened to Tika. Stephanie wrapped her tape in her head in duct tape. What? So she is, her eyes are covered. Her <gasps> whole head is covered. She can barely breathe through her nose. I don't like it. Everything's covered. It's the worst. It's so um, uh, claustrophobic. It, it, it's and like it's such a psychotic move to it's, do to someone. Yeah, it's insane. And it's incredibly dehumanizing. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. this person that I'm attacking isn't a person. Right. It's crazy oh. and it's something that uh that um andrew kanana did as well wow so not a good sign if you're doing what andrew kanana does no i'm not on your side immediate fail uh okay so now it's gonna get worse squeamish people okay. if you so if you suddenly thought that you were somehow in a landing place you aren't i, I did i'm not no go back to being on your toes so tika this is how she explains it on the show, she just says, she wraps her head in duct tape, and then she just starts cutting. <gasps> so she tossed, Stephanie stopped, starts at the top of no, Tika's no. pelvic area and just starts no, 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 no. cutting upward. Fast forward, fast forward, yeah. fast forward. No, <laughs> this is real life. Uh, but she doesn't have the correct tools. It's yeah. not like a surgical cut. She is, she's using fucking kitchen knives and box yeah, like, cutters. Who knows how deep to go? Who knows how, I mean, like, how do you know? This woman knows nothing. And yeah. Tika, this, the, as she describes it, it's so fucking awful. And she's just like, I could feel every cut. Yeah, I bet. She felt every single thing this woman did. And she said she was having, if she started to have a hard time breaking Tika's skin. All right, I'm sweating. I'm yeah. sweating. Nose bad. It's super bad. <laughs> okay. So she starts picking at it. Then she, when she opens the skin, then she's cutting through muscle. It's like, hor and, and she's just laying there feeling it. Now, this was the part that got tweeted. Is she saying this shit on I Survive? Yes, she's telling this story. And they're like leaving all that stuff in? Well, it's what fucking happened to her. And it's what she lived through. Know, she yeah. gets to tell it. So, but, the, but this is the best part. She goes, this whole time this is happening to me, she's playing the Michael Jackson movie, This Is It. Oh my God. And she's going back to the movie and rewinding it. If it gets to like the talking head documentary part, she'll rewind it back to the song performance part. And she said she's blasting the music <gasps> and just playing the songs over what? and over. Michael Jackson. And she said, I'm laying there cut open. Even I'm thinking, why is she playing this over and over? And then she goes, because I hate Michael Jackson anyway. And that's that's the clip that, yes, <laughs> that got that's sent. That's what I saw. I did not realize how horrifying yes. that quote was. In the middle. Surrounded by what was happening. Yeah. In the <gasps> middle of that. And also, that's that thing where, and it's I've said this a million times, but I survived. That's that thing about the women or men that are on that show. When they tell these stories, they've been through it already. Right. And it's this proof that you can go through fucking anything and remain resilient and strong and be able to tell your own story. Right. It's what makes me cry every time. Yeah. And she's like laughing in the middle of it going. And But she said that was the moment where she saw the big picture of what was happening. She said, it blew my mind. <gasps> like how insane this, like how insane this is for her. Yeah. So. 
so anyway it's just so crazy she shits on michael jackson all right and then she says it like anyway like yeah. i don't want to get into that like right i know now. everyone's gonna hate me for this yeah i know that's an unpopular opinion right we'll talk no, about you can it have, later what, you can hate whoever you want <laughs> forever forever so when she so of course eventually she here she passes out but even then what a like the idea that she was awake for that mm-hmm. having those thoughts like she's a fucking warrior it's crazy totally. so she, when she wakes up she's on the bed and stephanie's laying in a fetal position on the floor in front of the doorway in the bedroom oh, so she realizes tika realizes she tries to roll over like she's like this might be my chance to get out yeah, of here yeah. so she tries to roll over and when she does, the metal bowl is still st- sitting on the mattress with her. Her wedding ring hits the bowl and makes a ringing sound. Oh, no. And she freezes. But Stephanie does not wake up. Oh, my God. So she says, thinks to herself and prays to God, if, if I can just stand up, I'll get out of here. So she pushes her fucking self up and she says, she said she asked God to give her strength from somewhere to Mm -hmm. just get her in standing position. Mm -hmm. And she fucking does it. Holy shit. She starts sneaking across the room. Mm -hmm. She steps over Stephanie. Oh my God, oh my God. Blood drips onto Stephanie. She freezes, thinking Stephanie's going to wake up and grab her, but she doesn't. So then she steps the second foot over and starts going up the hallway. Now... The squeamish people who thought things were bad before. Oh, no, it's not over. It's it's going to get worse for a second. Ugh. And it's very bad. As she's going up the hallway, she's leaning on one wall, getting herself up the hallway, halfway up the hallway. Mm-hmm. The contents of her torso oh my God. fall out of her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Karen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. She picks up. No, stop. She picks it up and she keeps going what the fuck yes she fucking gets to that front door again opens all three locks and gets out of the fucking apartment Uh (laughs) uh-huh it's the worst it's the worst she starts yelling for help she starts knocking on apartment doors nobody comes Uh she makes it down the stairs and at the bottom of the staircase she passes out Uh uh-huh Fucking Stephanie uh-uh. comes out the door, uh-uh. sees her down at the bottom of the stairs, makes her way down, tries to scoop her <gasps> arms underneath uh-uh. Tika's arms to pull her back up the stairs. Uh-uh. And Tika starts fucking fighting. She said she bit her fingers. She fought. She screamed for help. Now a guy fucking finally comes down from the third floor uh-huh. and he's like, what's going on? And fucking Stephanie and her nice Mm. Lilty, pretty voice mm-hmm. goes, she's delusional and I'm just trying to help her and she's fighting against me. Right, she's covered in blood yeah. and dying. Tika, and she, she says, and she keeps talking over me, but Tika looks up at the man and goes, help me, she's trying to kill me. Then she realizes the man isn't reacting to the situation because she's wearing a navy blue shirt and it's not showing the blood and the shit that's going on <gasps> under her shirt. Uh-huh. So she, as she's looking at him, she pulls her shirt up and she she said the man yelled, I'm calling the cops and ran back oh, upstairs. No. Yep. And so with that, Stephanie looked at her as and this is the way Tika says it in the show. She says she looked at me as if she was saying I should have killed you. And then she ran away. <gasps> so now she's just bleeding out on the stairs and the, the EMTs and the firemen come. 
she's got somebody comes and leans down next to her and goes ma'am are you hurt (laughs) and she because she has this fucking shirt on that is making everything much more subtle than it is and she says yes she's answering yes i've been beaten and i've been cut and i need help and then she pulls her shirt up and this this is washington dc i'm sure it wasn't this guy's first day on the job she said he looked like he was going to throw up right there she's rushed into surgery she has emergency surgery she wakes up from the surgery as we know because again it's Mm -hmm. called i survived Mm -hmm. pj is sitting there by her bedside oh pj pj's there the first thing she says is, is the baby alive? Mm-hmm. A nurse walks in to come and check on her. And when she asks the nurse, is her baby alive? The nurse says, you gave birth to an eight pound, <gasps> two ounce baby girl. So apparently the baby was balled up way at the top <gasps> of the womb. So I don't know if that was like yeah. a reaction, like a chem- like chemical reaction pulled mm-hmm. her upward or if that's just how she was sitting in mm-hmm. her stomach. But basically they couldn't get to her. Oh, also, I just remembered a part that I will not say. But if you think you heard the worst part, you didn't. There was way fucking worse shit. I bet you'll tell me after we record. No, I'm mad at you because I read it. <laughs> I, I read it and I'm not going to tell I you. I didn't do anything. No, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> so then in the show... She says, I told them I'm going to name her Miracle because... I was going to guess Miracle. Were you really? Yes. She says, I na- I'm going to name her Miracle because I survived and she survived. Oh. And fucking, you have to look up. I mean, we'll we'll post a picture of Miracle. She's got a fucking pacifier in her mouth that says, I heart mommy. Oh, my God. And she is this chubby. She, she looks like a picture Eight of a baby. Eight at fucking seven and a half months is a big baby. That's a big fucking baby. Yeah. And she... She looks like a she looks a bit like one of those babies in a Target ad. You know, those ones, they just sit them by themselves. And you're like, it's just this fully formed baby. That's gorgeous. That's what that's what Miracle Sky looked like. Her full name. Um, Okay. Tika's attacker's real name is Veronica Duramus, I guess. Mm -hmm. She had she called the cops on herself Mm -hmm. and they came and picked her up. She pled guilty to assault and she's sentenced to 25 years in jail. That's it? That's attempted murder? Yeah. Well, I guess they couldn't prove attempted murder because there was all these other stories because Veronica tried to tell them that she she offered Tika five grand for her baby. And she basically seeded all this doubt. Yeah. Which is so fucked up because it's like, if that was the deal, first of all, you would not take five grand. And secondly, you'd be like, it's a baby. Yeah. Uh, We should be in like the five digit area. But on (laughs) top of that, you'd fucking have the baby at nine months in a hospital. Right. You fucking all you assholes. Okay. So, so mad. On Monday, January 4th, 2010, 29 year old Tika Adams, which 29. I tell you what. And it's. She, she, if you told me she was 17, I would have believed you. She's anyway, so jealous. Um, she faces her attacker in court. She goes to the preliminary, preliminary trial and fucking when that woman is brought into the courtroom, she looks her in the eye. She bring, she brings (gasps) miracle to the preliminary trial. They're sitting there and then she fucking mad dogs her as she comes. Apparently it was very hard and she was really shaken, obviously. She made a full physical recovery, though, which I cannot believe. It's amazing. So Um, amazing. They must have had insane, amazing doctors. Totally. Like at whatever that hospital she went to. But but of course, her emotional recovery took much longer because that's fucking insane. Yeah. Um, 
but uh she brought oh i just had this part of the news so i read an article about how about that afterwards mm-hmm. <laughs> she brought miracle was um, dressed in a pink outfit with matching mittens booties and a, <laughs> booties and a hat Aww. um and so uh, Tika didn't have to testify against that woman. It was just to, they were just figuring out if there was enough evidence to bring it right. all to trial. Right. Um, and in the, uh, the public, at the time, public defender Kim Robinson tried to argue that the attempted first degree murder charge that they tried to bring against her wouldn't hold up because there was no evidence that Duramus intended to kill Tika. I mean, <laughs> come on. Two box cutters? What yeah. the fuck? Yeah, from the blood loss alone, she would have died. I mean, nothing about it is saying she didn't want her dead. Yeah. Um, luckily, Prince George County District Judge Thurman H. Rhodes disagreed, found sufficient probable cause for all charges, and she ended up, uh, Veronica ended up going to jail. Um, and her and Tika's father, Gregory Burnett, was also there, and he told reporters, Teak is my youngest daughter, so I felt like she was trying to take my baby. Aww. Which is, I mean, let's all cry for 95 fucking different reasons. Can we? But of course, at the end of um, I Survived, as we all know, they oh, make yeah. you say why you think you survived. Yeah. That's like the speech everyone gives. Yeah. And this is what Tika said. I survived because I was coming to a point in my life where I started to love myself and respect myself and cherish life and i survived because of god and my support system i know a lot of people love me and i know that god loves me and like they say god looks after babies and fools and i had a baby and i was a fool oh my god (laughs) and then she goes yep and is she crying when she says all this? She, I can't. She doesn't really cry that yeah. much in this. I cried the whole fucking time. Oh my, you're crying and when right she, now. I'm crying now. And when she gives the speech at the end, she just has that. She's been through everything. Yeah. It's like she's been through everything. Yeah. And now here she is wearing this fucking rad blue shirt, looking gorgeous. It's so crazy. That's fucking gnarly. And the last, the very last card that comes up says Tika and her family now live in an apartment in Washington, D.C. Oh, good. Come on. <laughs> and that is Tika Adams' story of survival Karen. that I love. God that, bless. Once that, again, Charlotte White, you made great. it happen. You gave me the idea. Thank you. That was great. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com slash murder and here's the important note that promo code is 
all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Yes. My turn. Do it. Here we go. Roll up those sleeves like a, <laughs> a member of a gang from the Outsiders and really give me this story. <laughs> You're just saying that because I'm wearing overall shorts for you, some reason. What George, is wrong with me? George is wearing overall shorts like the most precious little kindergartner I've ever seen. Here's the problem. I saw some Instagram uh, fashion influencers mm-hmm. wearing these and I was like, they look so cute. And now I got them and I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I am not that. Are you having ins- uh, influencer envy? I I think I am. Well, I'd like to say, oh, I think it's going to be roughly five words to you. What? Compare and despair. That's three words. Okay. Compare and despair. Okay. Don't compare yourself oh, don't to other people <laughs> because then you will despair. I'm like, I'm already doing that. <laughs> no, no, I'm uh, on it. Don't compare or you'll despair. Okay, there we I go. I think they tried to get it down as short as possible. You know, I'm not comparing. I just also don't think these look good on me. You know what I mean? Like specifically me. I'm fine with it. I've only seen you sitting down in them. I yeah. need to, I need to see you mingle around in a party. Yeah. That's but a I different think you level, Georgia. That off. Yeah. This is you've got fucking bangs back, pigtails, no makeup with my sleeves rolled up. All right, let me do this. I'm wearing a shirt that I have worn I wore it in the video that we posted mm-hmm. for the fans. Mm-hmm. I've worn it pretty much every day since that video was made. It's covered in dog hair. I don't owe anybody anything. Listen, I'm going to five, five words. If it's not broken, why do you need to change it? It's fine. Everything's fine. Just like give it a quick lint roll, maybe throw it in the dryer and everything's fine. Four, five. Yes. <laughs> nice. Let's make it. That's the new shirt. That's, that's the new shirt that you have to wear every day. <laughs> Says that on it. Yes. And we will print the shirt and there will be a dog hair on the print of the shirt. So you'll never be able to lint roll It'll it be off. Printed into the ink. Yes. Cat each, and dog. Cat, each one of our pets will contribute a hair yep. to the printing of the shirt. George can't wait to donate all of her hair and some of her We're going to shave all our pets. Mm. Let's do that. We're going to have a video. Listen, you have to join the fan cult because there's going to be a video of us shaving our pets. Oh, you're going to love it. It's going to be glorious. Um, anywho. Anyhow. Let's do this. Okay. All right. This murder. Ha, uh, or collection of oh, murders. Okay. Has a very chilling name. You know this one. It's the West Mesa Bone Collector. Oh, fuck. Yup. I know of it, but I'm confusing it with all Lisk. those bodies in Juarez. Like, I've, I'm thinking of the Southwest and skeletons. And the Long Island serial killer, yes. too, right? Like, yes. the collection of bodies. Yes. That kind of thing. All right. Well, I'm just going to do this time the West Mesa. <laughs> Serial killer. No, you have to do all the cases I mentioned, or this is not all real. Right. Buckle up, everyone. I'm doing all of them. <laughs> or this isn't real. <laughs> or this is a different plane of existence. Or reality is canceled. 
reality's canceled. Next, <laughs> next, next shirt. All right. Mid 2005, Karen, Detective Ida Lopez is the only missing persons detective for Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is the largest city uh, in New Mexico with about half a million people. In Albuquerque, the rate of violent crime is more than double the national average. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Isn't Albuquerque like where um, like yeah. Better Call Saul takes place and stuff? And even before that, Breaking Bad. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Breaking Bad is like... Breaking take- Bad really brought Albuquerque to the fore. It really did. It's a fucking excellent, crazy show. It's so good. But it does, yeah. But there's some shit going down in Albuquerque. There's shit going down, like balanced with a kind of suburban normal life. It's like a really, it seemed like a really weird city in that it's some really horrible, dangerous, scary shit going on. And right also, outside the the development of the housing development. Exactly. Of people trying to raise their, like, you know, any city, but double Z's in this one. In, right. But I wonder if that's changed since 2005. I bet it has. And I, I hope people tell us. Stephen will give us a birthday report about Albuquerque's <laughs> current crime uh, right after this murder. We need you to dress up like Albuquerque. This is going to be like a show and tell for school. Can I just, sorry, but can I just tell you this really quick? Are you going to tell me about how the one uh, country that was left when you had to do your uh, presentation in elementary school was, was Iceland? Iceland. No. And so you, no. I've already told you that four times, okay. so you don't need to hear that again. Okay. No, when my, when my sister and Nora were just visiting me, mm-hmm. um, there was, we were at... Nora's your 10-year-old niece, just so everyone knows. Yep. And uh, we were at Wood Ranch Grill, and the kids' menu had a, had a quiz of... Uh, testing you on state capitals mm-hmm. and my sister and I couldn't stop laughing because in sixth grade when my sister was in sixth grade mm-hmm. she had to get tested on state capitals so she on our br- family's brand new stereo mm-hmm. where she plugged in a microphone that came with the kit oh my god the first podcast ever made it, exactly and it's a cassette tape that my sister recorded and talked into this <laughs> into this microphone where she recited every state alphabetically and its state capital and then listened to the tape so both of us know state capitals that's because brilliant yeah that's because, how i learned too it's just repetition yeah did you record it like that and listen to yourself i don't think we had those capabilities oh yeah in the hard stark household <laughs> we were pretty high end you were pretty rich karen is yeah, what you're we bragging about incredibly rich if you if you leave today's podcast with anything is please know <laughs> that we were definitely the, the one Kilgariffs were moneyed <laughs> not in the least but <laughs> but we're laughing and then Nora starts testing us on state <gasps> capitals and my sister knew all of them and i i was making up cities and i was like wait i was just there i I looked at the Capitol building, like, have no recall whatsoever. You seizured that away a long time ago. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say pill. drank that away, but then I was like, that's not as nice. Something she can't control, like the seizures is nicer. Thank you. It was like not an accusation. It's yeah. more of like, poor you. You lost all your state capitals when those seizures hit. Yeah. And you know what? In solidarity, I did the same thing with you. I did just you, lost them all. You induced some seizures in your No, no. I just don't know the state capitals. That, that's you. friendship. I know. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Bye. Bye. Uh, bop, bop, bop. Okay, let's go back to... <laughs> you just started, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> no, okay. Because it's, it's going to get dark. Not as violent, but dark. All right, a couple weeks. Okay, so uh, Detective Ida Lopez, this badass woman, she, a couple weeks after being assigned to the missing persons department, the only person in missing department, after... Which is crazy. I know. After having been in vice and um, a patrol uh, officer for years she noticed that women with similar backgrounds had been vanishing from albuquerque Mm. 
All women were all the women were in their 20s and 30s with similar looks and arrest records for uh, sex work and drugs. And they had all vanished without word to their families, mm. all of them. After a couple months of compiling a list, there were five missing women with similar similar profiles. And they were all known to hang out in a fucking like in Albuquerque, which has, as I said, uh violent crime more than double the national average this part of albuquerque that's the most dangerous part called the war zone oh no so they were all known to hang out there no i know um what hindered her research was that some had already been missing for over a year due to their transient lifestyles so by the by the time their parents and families reported them missing or who were really the only people who would report them missing mm -hmm. they had been used to not seeing them for weeks and months and so didn't know how long they had been gone for right plus uh since they had no regular schedules it was hard to track down when and where they had last been seen and they also supported their drug habit with sex work uh, off of the street so they would come into contact regularly with um, strangers that couldn't be tr like tracked down and questioned and you yeah. know that sort of thing so when Ida who's this wonderful woman who doesn't you know isn't biased by the fact that they are sex workers she's like ready to look into this she hits the street to find out if there were any rumors of the women's whereabouts. And when she does this, she hears a rumor that the girls, some of the girls had been killed and were buried on the West Mesa. Mm. Like this is a rumor going around. And the West Mesa is a vast desert just on the outskirts of the city. So Detective Lopez didn't have much more to go on. But just in case, she did collect DNA and dental records from the women's families just in case. Which, wow. of course, scared the shit out of the families. Yeah, I bet. Um... Let's see. Da, 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 da. But it wasn't really a huge story. Um, As it never is. Because right. Because it's sex workers it's, and people that, quote unquote, have high risk lifestyles. Exactly. And, and no, so nobody but Detective Lopez and the families of the missing girls were really concerned about the disappearances um, of by 2007, what had become more than a dozen women on her list. I think it's like 16. It's hard to find an exact number, but it's around 16 women on her list of potentially related cases of missing women in the city between 2001 and 2006. Fuck. So she's the only person who had noticed a pattern, put them together and is kind of doing whatever she can to investigate it. Okay. So that was, uh, 2007. All right. Then, in early February 2009, the case breaks wide fucking open when a woman named Christine Ross, she's walking her dog named Ruka, that's mm. her dog's name, uh, they're near their new build house on the outskirts of Albuquerque in the area known as West Mesa. So Christine likes to take Ruka to an area that was once meant for new housing, but had been abandoned during the 2008 economy crash, which we all know about. So all these fucking... Do we all know? So all these no, we do, I mortgages, think. all this fucking shit went bust. All this new construction stopped being built because everyone was like, the housing market's going to be huge. And then, no, everything is wrong. Let's not blame the banks. Let's fucking make poor, regular, normal people who couldn't afford the mortgages they shouldn't have been given in the fucking first place. All a scam. It's all a scam. Everything's a scam. Go watch Adam McKay's movie. What's it fucking called? Oh, damn it, Stephen. Look it up. Uh, everything's a scam. Don't buy into it. The end. Okay. The big short. Is, Is that, that right? what it's called? Will you double check me? 
It's such a good movie. It's about that exact thing where uh, 10 years ago, we were living in the craziest world. Isn't that crazy 10 years ago? Yeah. Well, more, right? Because if it was 2007 or 8, 2008 when the bus happened. Oh, 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, it was The Big Short. Yeah, watch The Big Short by Adam McKay. It's amazing. Okay, I'm going to watch it. All right. Everything's a fucking scam. It's all a lie. The American dream, etc. Anyways. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay, so she liked to go over to this area where the uh, where the housing development had never started, had been abandoned because of the crash, and she would. It's now a death, desolate swath of land. Mm-hmm. My words, obviously. Your word, mm-hmm. not a cut and paste word. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, mm-mm. Mm-mm. And she let Ruka off his leash to run around in the the desert, hard desert sand. Right. Mm-hmm. So that day, and it's like tumbleweedy. You know, we we can imagine it. Cow skull. Cow skull with a skull in its head. Maybe <laughs> maybe a tiny bit of treasure sticking out of the sand. Well. Oh, oh no, shit. Sorry. Well. I'm going to stop talking. No, because you're not wrong. Oh, no. That day, Christine noticed Ruka digging. And when she approached him, she realized he was trying to uncover something out of the sand. No. And it looked like a bone. But she said it didn't look like an animal bone. So concerned, she took a photo of it and sent it to none other than her own sister, who was a nurse. And her nurse sister was like, yeah, dude, that's a femur. Call the fucking cops. Yeah. So the detectives arrive. They confirm that the bone was human and they begin to process what would become the largest crime scene in Albuquerque history. Oh, shit. This is partly because when construction had started for the housing development the land had been upturned and disturbed. So they were preparing the land for the housing development. Right. So because of this, a lot of the bones had been broken and scattered, which is one of the reasons it became a large crime scene. But also because by the time the detectives were finished processing the crime scene, two and a half months later, 206 bones of 11 female bodies and one unborn child had been found buried at the site. 11? Yeah. 12 to all together yeah fuck okay so as the digging is underway and the media is obviously fucking losing their shit over this the bones begin to be identified and this is the um order they're identified in the first to be identified is victoria chavez who was 26 she was the first woman to be identified just said that uh victoria's mother had reported her missing in march 2005 after she hadn't seen her in more than a year Mm. so this this is the kind of, uh, as I said, the unfortunate circumstances behind this is because they were, a lot of them, I think, drug addicts. They weren't around their families a lot. They were on the streets. A lot of them run away from their families. Exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, if you've seen any fucking episode of intervention, you know what happens. You know, this could have easily been me or you. These right. are people who become addicted to drugs. They turn to sex work to fund those drugs. They fall in with a bad crowd, bad boyfriend. These things happen. You know, they paint themselves into kind of like a bad corner. Maybe right. there's all, but there's, it's the thing. And I think I've said it to you a million times where it's that when you walk, when you are watching a, a true crime show and the, people the family and the different people say we knew there was a problem mm-hmm. when we didn't hear from her the next day because she would never do that right and every time it gives me the chills because i'm like i don't call my family yeah. so much that they're used to me not calling yeah and that's how they know i i'm a flake and i'm that person right so like that's there's lots of us that are like that totally. anyway totally and it's like you can't underestimate you can't we can't understate how addicting drugs and 
alcohol is when you have a life that you're trying to escape. Yeah. Even when you're not, it's just whatever. Yeah. So the second person to be identified is Michelle Valdez. She's a 22-year-old mother. Her father, Dan, had reported her missing in 2005. Michelle had gotten pregnant at 13 years old. Can you fucking believe that? And later began taking drugs um, and was disappearing for months at a time. Mm. Uh, After her bones were found, it was discovered that she was pregnant with a four-month-old unborn baby or four months pregnant. I know. Michelle's family had heard uh, that her friend of hers from the street, they didn't know her, 32-year-old Cinnamon Elks had gone missing along with Michelle at the same time. This is before they knew what had happened to her. Um, And they had heard the rumor that Michelle and Cinnamon were buried on the Mesa. So Cinnamon's body was uh, the third to be ID'd. And Cinnamon's mother had reported her missing when she didn't uh, hear from her daughter on her birthday in August 2004. Mm. So next was Julie uh, Nieto. She was 23 when she disappeared. She had become addicted to drugs at 19. And when her mother last saw her in August 2004... uh, she reported her missing because she stopped sending birthday and Christmas presents to her young son. Oh no. I know. It's like the things that you realize are off and why, and that's the, that's the last thing you have. And you know, it's so sad. So, uh, Monica Candeliara had also, also had a son and was reported missing May 11th, 2003. Sheriff's detectives had also heard a rumor that she had been killed and buried on the Mesa. So the cops knew about this rumor, but nothing came of it. The Mesa was fucking huge. And her case had been given to the cold case unit. Okay, so Veronica Romero's family reported her missing on February 15th, 2004. She had four children. So at this point, when Veronica's found or uh, identified at the news conference for her and Monica, the fifth victim, I did Albuquerque police chief Ray Schultz. So he'd been holding press conferences as the woman had been ID. Mm-hmm. So each time someone's ID, he holds a press conference. The press are fucking eating it up. Um, he had been making it clear at every press conference that the women had all and had been saying that they had arrest records for drug and sex works and they had mentioned it early and often that that was the case with these women and this press conference that he does for veronica and monica is the first time in the first press conference where he refers to the women as victims the first time Mm -hmm. after how many so they're the fifth and sixth to be reported. So I think a couple of them had been uh, announced so together. They were almost making it sound the first four, like these were just the bodies. We found the bodies of these sex workers, which is obviously which is, not the word they used. Right. Not the word that is used in any of the articles and fucking the shit I watched, obviously. But, you know, right. we're new to that, too. It's, it's a developing uh, change, but also just that idea that it's the... What he's not saying, but what's implied yeah. is, and this is what happens when you live that way. So right. it's not, they're not victims and we're not, it's not a right. c- concern. But he's also saying to the community who he knows are going to be flipping the fuck out and saying to him, what are you going to do about this? How are you going to solve this? If he doesn't, if he, if he doesn't imply that it's partly their fault. So if they just think that some fucking murderer is out there killing these young mothers and, and these young women right. and not telling everyone that they lived this lifestyle that's quote high risk. Right. So calm down, don't worry and don't get mad at us. Right. So this is I, I it's just the first time that they are referred to as victims is so 
horrible. It's injustice. And it's those it's a disservice to those the first four victims. Right. So uh, Doreen Marquez, she so this woman's interesting. And it's just another one of these stories that there's so much more to all of these women's background than you can ever imagine. And they're not just drug addicts and sex workers. So Doreen had been a cheerleader in high school. She was a devoted mother. And she didn't start using drugs till later in her 20s. Her boyfriend had been put in jail. Her home life went to shit. Um, not long after, at around 27 years old, her family reported her missing in December 2004. So then the eighth victim to be ID'd, uh, Salania Edwards, she is different than the rest of the victims in a couple ways. First, she uh, was the only victim not known to have friends and family in Albuquerque. So mm. she wasn't from Albuquerque. Her family wasn't there. She kind of had come in uh, randomly from Oklahoma. So she was 15 years old where oh. she, and she had run away from foster care. She had a clearly really sad circumstances in her life. She didn't know her dad. Her mom died when she was five oh. and she was in foster care. She ran away. She's also the only African-American victim. Everyone else is white or mostly Hispanic. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a, determined that she was traveling on the I-40 corridor, you know, the interstate mm -hmm. 40 as a sex worker. And I guess that's known as a circuit girl. Okay. I think it's kind of that truck stop to truck stop thing of, you know, and I think you also do it with like a lot of a couple other girls. It's not just you alone. Oh, which is interesting. That's smart. Yeah. To but, not do it for sure. Right. But you still alone. go alone with. Yeah, know. that's right. So then is and they were hoping that because she was different from the rest of the victims, that that might help lead to who who's doing this. But it did. It no, nothing ever came of it. So Virginia Ann Cloven was 23. She was reported missing in October 2004. She had run away from home when she was 17 after her brother had been shot and killed. Ugh. And she had been forced to live on the street later when her live-in boyfriend had been hit by a car and was hospitalized. Oh, my God. I know. This poor fucking baby. Her family had last heard from her in June 2004 when she called to say that she had a new boyfriend who had just gotten out of prison and that she was going to marry him. Um. Number 10 is Evelyn, Sal uh, sorry, Evelyn Salazar, who's 23, also a mother. Her family reported her missing on April 3rd, 2004. And she had, okay, this is weird. She had been last seen about a week earlier with her 15-year-old cousin, Jamie Barella, who was the last victim to be ID'd. Oh. So... Jamie Barella was 15. She was a high school student and she, uh, unlike the other West Mesa victims, she had no known sex crime or drug arrests and she wasn't known to be in that world. But her cousin, whose body was ID'd with her, Evelyn Salazar was. And they were last seen together heading from a family uh, picnic to another park. So, you know, you got to wonder what happened. She's with her older cousin. They someone pulls up who maybe her cousin from the sex working trade knows he's a friendly John. Maybe they go to hang out with him, you know, like. Who fucking knows what well, happened? That opens it up to, and she's like just a high school girl. So it could be, right. Can you drive her home? Also, this, what drives me crazy too is like, as you said, like we were both drug addicts yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think if you polled most people, we'd find out they were addicted to something. Yeah. So this idea that these sex workers and these the way drug addict sounds to the ear because right. we've been hearing it for 40 years with this thing of, oh, the drug addict. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Where Without knowing like, the nuances of what brings you to drug addiction and sex And how many work. people are secret drug addicts right. that are like, well, you can put on your pretty pink, sure. um, you know, sweater set and go to the mall and just slightly slur and it. And be a fucking cares. Adderall drug addict and like, yeah, or the fucking Oxycontin thing that's yeah. taking over the nation where it's just like, we have to stop making it sound like drug addicts are thrilled to be that way. Right. And they're like, yeah, fucking party on yeah. because that's not the case. Yeah. It's not once you start. That's the whole thing about fucking drugs yeah. is a lot of An times addiction. you cannot stop. Yeah, that's addiction, too. I mean, love addiction, sex addiction, all these things where you make terrible choices in your life. And, you know, because... You don't deserve it's to die. It's not you. It's not you anymore. And you don't deserve to be fucking killed or victimized. Not. No. Um, I mean, yeah. All right. Now I'm talking to you in this tone of voice that doesn't, it's not. It's um, not at me. You're talking to the, <laughs> my, you're talking so, to everyone else listening. So frustrating. They all know. Okay. okay. All right. You're telling Stephen. I'm tired of, I'm tired of you denying this. Stephen, you're just because you're addicted to Hello Kitty cake. <laughs> No, you he's eaten the whole thing. We've just watched him eat the entire thing during this episode. It's, it's I impressive. Respect, I kind of respect. Yeah, it. yeah, with his hands. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, bup, 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 bup. okay. So it took Albuquerque police nearly a year to identify all of the victims. All of the women were between the ages of 15 and 32, and most were Hispanic. The women had gone missing between 2001 and 2005. $100,000 reward for assistance to the arrest was assistance to arrest them, whatever was offered. And detectives would only give the cause of death as homicidal violence. I think wanting to keep all that shit under wraps. Yeah. Uh, so here are the suspects. Police started looking for men who lived in the area with a history of violence against sex workers. Turns out to be a really long fucking list. Yeah. Of course. They also created a timeline using satellite images. So this is fucking creepy and crazy. And you can see this shit online and maybe we'll post it. In 2002, they show like the Google Earth image where they show the huge patch of what did I call it? Desolate swath of land. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a swath. The swath of desert land. Um, and every, whatever, nothing unusual. But then the satellite imagery taken in 2003 shows tire marks leading to patches of disturbed soil in the area where the remains were recovered. Mm. So essentially you can track someone driving up, fucking digging a ditch, putting a body in and covering it back up. You see these like squares of disturbed earth and the way that that book I love, um, No Stone and Turn, tells you how you could find clandestine graves based on the soil and that sort of thing. Yeah. Then in 2000 and uh, da, 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 more tire marks and bare spots showing up in 2005. So they have this image of this timeline of this person going there and coming back. And is that can they see the person or it's just they can just tell by the topography? Of it's it. the topography. It's, you know, snapshots taken. Unfortunately, there was no cars when they took the photo, which is a sucks. tiny, tiny man. Yeah. Right. In 2005, the marks stopped changing. So they think that that's because the killer had to stop using that area because new estates had begun to be built in the area and people would have seen him coming and going. Um, but then everyone's always like, imagine if uh, the economy hadn't crashed, they would have just built fucking houses over these bodies. Oh, and man. imagine how many places that that actually happened. I mean, no, 
let's not imagine that let's stay up all night all right so the two main suspects here they are the first main suspect is a man named lorenzo montoya he lived in a mobile home less than three miles and it's really like two miles from the burial site up until his death in 2006 lorenzo was a short but really powerfully built man i saw a photo of him dead fucking eyes like the deadest eyes he was in his 30s when the killings occurred and had been arrested multiple times for solicitation in 1999 he had picked up a 23 year old sex worker who was being watched by the vice unit and i don't even think she knew oh they were just like let's track her yeah uh when they followed the uh, Lorenzo's truck with the sex worker in the car they followed them to an isolated spot and police interrupted them after Lorenzo had already sexually assaulted her and while he was fucking trying to strangle her no so he's strangling her and the cops like fucking knock on the window Jesus Christ she told police that Lorenzo looked like he was enjoying strangling her oh my god and she was convinced he was going to kill her if the police hadn't intervened Unfortunately, the case was dismissed because the victim didn't want to testify against him, which is heartbreaking. In 2006, there were reportedly tire tracks leading from his trailer to the site of the dead of the the bodies. But I only saw that in a couple places. So I don't know if that's actually true. Right. All right. December 2006. Lorenzo had solicited a 19-year-old woman named Sharika Hill via a chat room to come to his mobile home for a private dance. Once she was in his mobile home, Lorenzo bound her hands and feet with duct tape, then strangled her to death in what police called a brutal, quote, brutal, orchestrated and very violent way. But Lorenzo didn't know that Sharika had brought her boyfriend, Frederick Williams, with her for protection. So after waiting outside for an hour in his car, uh, Frederick gets worried, goes to knock on the door of the mobile home and so this is kind of i've read two different accounts of this either lorenzo was dragging sharika's body to his car or lorenzo just burst out with a gun and frederick the boyfriend fucking shot and killed lorenzo holy fuck yeah so and here's another fucking great thing i was can i just say one thing yeah this is starting to sound insanely familiar you know that I know you know this. Right, but we didn't do it, did we? Don't ever say that again. <laughs> I don't care if it's true. Oh, maybe it was because we were in New Mexico and so I read it. Maybe. But it, it also they parts of this were covered in the Long Island serial killer, the that oh, oh, that documentary. That's, that's what it is. That's yeah, what it yeah, is. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh which is what's it called again? It was so great. The Killing Fields? The Killing Fields. Yeah. Yes. This is part of that is in there. Yeah. Um <laughs> no. I was thinking the same thing earlier. I was like, did she I don't care. I don't care if she did it. So, but here's another, in the article from the time, I was like looking at, reading an article, the incident, it described, it's described as Lorenzo having, quote, choked to death a prostitute at his home, then was shot by the woman's pimp. Like, that's how it's described in 2006 in the fucking article. Not that this, not their names, not that she wasn't a fucking prostitute. She was going there as a dancer, 19 years old. Not that the dude she brought was her boyfriend who she was just like, come, I know this is creepy. Come hang out with me. I just want to make sure I'm safe. Right. It's instead choked to death. A prostitute at his home was then, was then shot by the woman's pimp. Like, that just implies that it's almost like he's the victim. Doesn't it? 100%. And also, it's not specific to like even the police were like it was extremely violent right it's like 
And they don't, I don't know why choke to death sounds so much lighter than yeah. like the, ex, if the cops are saying extreme violence, why can't the, why right. can't the newspaper say it? And then in, in this, in all these interviews with the, you know, investigators who now won't say if he, you know, he's a major suspect or not, they all say like, well, we would have loved to interview him and we would have loved to have a chance to interrogate him, but we can't. It's almost like they're, they're blaming this guy. Yeah. Frederick Williams, this poor fucking dude who killed him. And it's like, it just sounds accusatory that if he hadn't done that, maybe they wouldn't be able to solve it. I mean... Who pulled a gun, who also had a gun. Like, it's just... Who just murdered his fucking girlfriend. The attacker, like, his his girlfriend's murderer. Right. Yeah. So, it's just... It's hard. Yes. After Lorenzo's killed, the murders stop. All oh. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like we've solved it. I think so, too. <laughs> but here's another suspect. Okay. Uh, okay, so... Police thought looked good for the murders is a dude named Joseph Blay, B-L-E-A. Seven days after finding the first phone on the Mesa, a woman calls detectives to say that they should look at her ex-husband, Joseph Blay. She said that they uh, she'd found jewelry in the house that didn't belong to her and women's underwear. Oy. The women's underwear, like maybe he's a perv and like collects and like saves them, whatever. The jewelry is like no fucking one's going to be like, yeah, take my jewelry. Yeah, true. I mean... And maybe he collects that too. There's all ways to do it, but like the combination of the two is yes. not good. Never. Listen. Oh my god! If you find jewelry in your husband, if you find jewelry, underwear, and duct tape in one duffel bag, get the fuck out of town. Goodbye. Well, here, here's this. Oh, this dude is a fucking piece of shit. Okay. In the 1980s, Blay had been dubbed quote the mid school rapist. Uh oh. As he would often break into the homes of 13 to 15 year old girls who lived near a middle school in Albuquerque and rape them mm. in the 80s. Between 1990 and 2009, Blay had 130 run ins with police. Fucking hate. 130. He frequented areas that many of the victims were known to hang out and was once found by police in that area with rope and electrical tape in his car. So there you go. Shit, He's got all there fucking three. He's got everything we need. In one case, the DNA from a 1985 murder of a girl found in Albuquerque was re retested, but not until 2010 after someone else had gone to prison for it and found a match Blay. So the guy who was in prison for it was exonerated. Oh, good. Um, in addition, okay, and this part is, and I want to know your opinion on this. So a tree tag from a nursery was found in the area where the West Mesa's victims' bodies were buried. And it was tracked down to a nursery in California that Blay had once frequented. Uh, to me, that's like you're in an area of there's trash everywhere. You're, it's also or there's a new building going on. So plants were probably ordered. Yeah. And shipped in. And if it's being shipped in, maybe it's from California. That to me is just like a fucking long shot. Unless it's like buried in the dirt with the bodies. Yeah. But, you know, I think if you look at it in the way of if you're a police person that's processing that evidence and when you look it all up and then you're like, oh, this is from this is from the Sun Valley um, uh, Botanical whatever uh -huh. oh it's from um what did i want to call my name uh little shop of horticulture <laughs> or my mom what my mom owns yeah my mama horticulture <laughs> so, 
So once they, when they're looking into that yeah. and they're like, they call up and then they're like, have you ever heard of this guy's name? And 100%. they say yes. I mean, boom, you're like, there's no way that's a coincidence. That's very true. It's more circumstantial evidence that will keep you on track looking into this guy. Of course. Also, I'm the idea that anybody hangs out at a nursery, the way you phrased it is like, it's his favorite bar. Frequent. Yeah. I frequent this nursery. I just like to touch jasmine plants. It's what I like. I do like to do that. Um, <laughs> they're very silky. They are. They smell so good. Okay, so he's now around 60 years old and he's serving 90 years in prison or he has a 90 year prison sentence for four of the sexual assaults related way back into the 1980s Dude, for the mid-school rape cases. He's claimed that he's been with several of the West Mesa victims in the past, like had like hired them as sex workers. He just brought that up. I guess so. Okay, who knows? All right. Six women from Detective Lopez's list of similarly missing women in Albuquerque are still unaccounted for. Six. Six. The last to go missing was Vanessa Reed in June of 2006, just six months before Lorenzo was shot and killed. Hmm. Um, in 2014, Detective Lopez retired. She was like, I can't, apparently. She did plenty. She did a lot. She fucking nailed it. And so there was only one detective left on the case. But then in 2016, Detective Lopez was like, all right, fine. She comes back to work. Uh, I'm putting so <laughs> she many. She throws down a dish shell. <laughs> yeah. Fine. She's like, there's a dateline about this case. And she's interviewed throughout it. And she's just cries. She's lovely. She's just such a clearly a caring woman who... Uh, it just wants nothing more than this case to be solved for the families, for the victims. She cares not, you know, about their history. She's just obviously a wonderful woman. Can I just say, too, yeah. I think the more women that get involved in police work yes. and all this stuff that we all talk about that I think people are genuinely interested in, but the more they get involved and people like to argue of, oh, political correctness. Oh, now we have to say sex worker. Oh, now we can't yeah. say prostitute. But if you think about it in that way, that the more people get trained to think of these victims as human fucking beings whose murders need to get solved not only a hundred percent for the fact that their lives mattered mm -hmm. but also because there is a fucking lunatic killing them totally. targeting them and killing them yeah like the, just the concept has to change so that these creeps can get caught it doesn't come with the job that you might get killed there are murderers who take advantage of people who are you know one would say the most fucking vulnerable yes and 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 know that nobody cares as a society we're trained not to give a shit and because of words like prostitute and hooker and not saying sex worker and not saying fucking victim right yeah oh we know everything murderinos are on the fucking up and they, up they really are and things are absolutely changing quicker than we could know definitely yeah um so she comes back to work detective lopez comes back to work on a contract basis to investigate the murders partly because they realize how close her relationships are with the victims families oh. who are so thankful that she's the you know cared so much and kept in touch with him and you know she's like Aaron Brockovich she's Aaron fucking Brockovich yeah they under she understands them um, and just to end about the victims and how they are deemed less important by society due to their lifestyles in this uh, 2020 episode to our friend David Mankiewicz mm, yeah you old so and so <laughs> Ida Lopez says their soul is no different than mine and they're not any less important to God. Hell yes, Ida. Ida. So that's uh, the fucking West Mesa bone collector. I'm unbelievable. Yeah. I also just thought of this too. A couple people have tweeted us 
at us about this. Also, Dave Anthony of um, uh, the dollop. The, thank you. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. Of the dollop also tweeted at me about this. Um, Trump recently, mm-hmm. and this is going to go under the fucking carpet uh, rug because of because our Both. democracy is imploding, yeah. and so there's lots of other things that pe- that keep becoming more important. Mm-hmm. But recently, Trump passed a law that is incredibly dangerous for sex workers, saying that they cannot advertise online. Oh, right, that and the back page they can't back page it. They can't do. Um, there's a name for this. Everybody should look it up. But it is. Uh, we've, we've been, I was contacted or t- like tweeted at by a couple people talking about how bringing this law and needing to overturn this law is really important because basically if sex workers can't uh, ensure their own safety by knowing that the people that they're doing business with, um, knowing their names, getting mm-hmm. credit card numbers, doing all that stuff. Even a phone number, tracing their phone number. Exactly. It forces them back onto the street. Right. And it, it puts everybody in a fucking huge danger. And he, Trump called it, it's the Allow States and Victims to Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act, FOSTA, F-O-S-T-A. And uh, it says it aims to fight sex trafficking by reducing legal protections for on- for online platforms. Um, and it got passed by an overwhelming majority. But privacy and civil liberty advocates say it's a fatally flawed bill that hurts small online communities. And sex workers say it's going to make them less safe because they have to go offline. To Listen do to the sex workers. They'll tell you what what is right. And also. Them. The irony of that man passing a bill yeah. like this and pretending that he gives a single shit about totally. sex trafficking and sex workers and women in this kind of yeah. community, just please. And we're not talking about sex about sex trafficking. That is a whole different issue that we 100% know is a, a big problem and needs to be Every, addressed. Everything we talk about yeah. has ripples and rings yeah. of bigger issues, but I didn't want, since we're basically exactly talking about right. this, I don't want to talk about this, first of all, because I hate... What when we talk about things and I only know half about it. Yeah. But I think it's important to mention this now where if this is a concern of yours in any way, you should absolutely look up FOSTA, the FOSTA bill, and do what you can to fight against it because it's incredibly dangerous That's for sex great. workers. I'm glad you did that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. And thanks, Dave Anthony, because he, of course, he texted it uh, uh, texted to me about it at like eight in the morning where I was just like, Dave, I'm so glad you're on the front lines for us. He should go to, he did not go to bed the night before. I know it. <laughs> he's just, he's up writing a new dollop about, you know, that's oh, right. Yes. Um, and that was, th- that's the cue. Elvis is meow. This is the cue to go into fucking hooray. To fucking hooray. That was Elvis's small hooray. That's his, it's like a, da- a doorbell now. <laughs> Ding dong. Oh, who's there? Oh, it's time, Elvis. Elvis is like, shut up. Oh, the hooray cat's here. The hooray cat's here. Um, so we, we, we both have a lighthearted, dumb one, and then I have a sweet one. Okay, That cool. actually has to do with Elvis. Okay. So we want to go first? Sure. My, um, hooray is for this week. One is it's um i uh, it was a very difficult week in lots of different ways and i was uh, spending a lot of 
time in the morning between like 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. rattled with anxiety, stress, and rage. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a lot going on right uh-huh. now. So <laughs> one of the mornings, um, I'd had dinner with Lizzie Cooperman, who was talking about the um, meditation classes that she's taking and how much she loves it. She's so spiritual. She's very spiritually. She's universally tapped in. Okay, um, that's enough. And I was what? So she put it in my head. I'd taken classes about it and stuff. But then, so I was watching this show, Ancient Aliens, Ooh. which is one of my faves. And it was talking about how meditation allows your uh, subconscious brain to access the Akashic record, which <gasps> is everything that's ever happened in humanity <gasps> ever. And when you can tap into that, you can tap into creativity. And that's how they were talking about spontaneous ideas, how like a- Alexander Graham Bell <gasps> submitted the patent for the telephone and the same day someone else submitted the exact same what? patent. And there's all the, they have all the, you have to watch this episode of Dude, Asian what's Aliens. it called? I want to watch it so bad. It's, um, it might be called Spontaneous. Spontaneous inter- <gasps> inventions or something like that, but it basically the theory, their theory, ancient uh, ancient astronaut theorists suggest that that when you uh, rest your brain mm-hmm. and let your subconscious, and they showed a guy in an MRI doing this, <gasps> when your brain rests and you go blank, your unconscious becomes alive and starts actually like doing stuff and because we're fucking ai we have all the history already downloaded we just don't ever tap into it like it's already all there yes i've got the biggest fucking conspiracy theory boner right now yeah also they showed people who got head injuries and then when they came out of the hospital like one guy became a concert pianist and he'd never taken a lesson um there was a guy who could who could immediately draw these insane he saw mathematical um equations equations everywhere and could see whatever what like the diameter was of everything it's so crazy so anyway because of all those things yeah i started meditating yay and i i've only done it for two days but it's really great and i've been using an app called the insight timer i'm downloading it it you can i've only i've done two 10 minute meditations i normally go super crazy about minute four and i have to yeah. get up and walk away but there if you start with guided meditation yeah i have to do guided i'm just bananas then you you're listening and that's the focus yeah. and you don't have to sit there going stop talking to yourself yeah. and all that shit that makes you crazy yeah and you can kind of dip into it and they have guided meditations about everything like a million things guys with british accents anyway so the inside timer is awesome <laughs> paul onions does one that's what i did this morning that's it, awesome it was really good but the, the other thing that's the second piece to that in my relaxation mm-hmm. i found this show and i'd already heard of it called it's a british series from i think the late 90s or maybe the 2000s called the royal family r-o-y a-L-E. And it is a sitcom from England mm-hmm. uh, just about this plain old family. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where they live. They don't really talk about it that much. But it's like a half hour play. Oh. And it is really basic. And it's very quiet. And it's very real. And it's like it's a big old high backed couch and then the dad's chair pulled up real close to the TV so the entire thing takes place while the family watches TV together and it is so funny and the reason I brought up the tea lunch thing Uh is because the mom whoever comes into the house sits down on the couch and starts watching TV with them and then she'll go did you have your tea and then they'll go yeah and then she'll go what'd you have and then they'll (laughs) describe what they had so like people are having like Corned beef hash and all these things, oh, so which made me go, lunch. "What's fucking tea? It must be lunch." I think it's okay. I think it's like the 
the brunch. I think it's brunch, but between dinner, lunch and dinner. It's second lunch. Uh huh. Maybe. Let's find out. Okay. But we will find out. Oh, we will. But if you, here's why I love the show as opposed to murder. We know we need to take a break sometimes. Also, sometimes. Oh, wait. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. They have tea and then they go, what'd you have for pudding? That's right. Pudding's dessert. Yes. That's right. Okay. They talk about that on here. Because okay. she said, who wants pudding one time? And then she served up um, fruit cocktail. And right. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but anyway, if you want to relax, uh-huh. if, you ca- if you're like a... a, a what do you call it? A Brito file? Like I strung? Am. Oh yeah. An Anglo, an Anglo file. Um, right. it, it, it's like you went and sat in a living room with this family and they're hilarious and they're super mean. The youngest son, they keep making him get up and make tea or like, it. they're like, Anthony, go get the thing. And he's always mad. He's like a teenager. It's, it's just a very realistic family dynamic and it's very quiet. Everyone talks very quietly. So it's really Soothing. relaxing. It's called the Royal Family. Okay. And it's on Netflix. I love it. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do both those things. Okay, um, give it a try, and then we'll meet back here and talk about let's it. Let's have. Let's just change this podcast. So, what'd you have for tea? <laughs> oh, oh my god, corned beef every day. You, also, just the way she asked the question is that great actress. You You've seen tea? this British actress in a million things. She's so fucking good in this part. But it is that thing where it's like that's what my family's like. I they think just they like know. to know. Too. I think that they always ask. What you had for tea? Yeah, they want to know what. What it's like saying, "What have you been doing?" But being yeah. real specific, and then being like, "Oh, I had this. I that pork chop sounds good. Like yeah. it's so funny and real." I love it. Tell us what you had for tea, everyone. <laughs> Tell us what you had for tea when you find out what it is. My boring one, my ding dong one. You know, I fucking hate movies, and I'm just like the biggest critic, and I hate everything. Yeah, I had found so much joy. Vince and I watched it together, and he also doesn't not as bad as me, but isn't. A movie guy right jumanji was so <gasps> enjoyable and Wait. you told we talked about it and okay, so it's fine and like okay i'll watch it fine what a little joy of a movie oh my god i laughed so hard i cried it was so fun the rock is just an angel baby the, the lovely girl in it. it was so i want her fucking hair she was like such a badass karen her name is karen something and she was a star on like one of the more recent doctor who series that's right and red uh, hair karen all of them everyone was just the best i love it jack black playing a teenage girl that's right oh i think we you mentioned it last episode did i and i was like did you text him and tell him how great he was and you were like oh. no we're not that kind of friend as a wife but you agree he was great it's so good it's, it's really uh enjoyable as someone who hates everything it made me really happy it makes me like it more when i don't hate it because i fucking hate everything <laughs> the shape of water what are you talking about that was the most atrocious weird fucking bestiality movie i've ever seen my thing was and my friend the most hilarious comedian naomi ekpergen she goes <laughs> she goes so she just falls in love with him automatically. What's the backstory? Yeah. Is he from a river? Like she, <laughs> she started, and she wasn't trying to be funny. She was so pissed off. He also I'm, like didn't hit on her. He like moved her, her uh, tank top sleeve, which he doesn't understand what that is. Yes, and then she fucking takes advantage of him. I thought it was a little bit. I just was really upset. Oh. It's like so many rom coms where it's like you don't know why they like each right. other. So why is this the great love of all time? Well, so why do I care? Oh, I did like Lady Bird. Actually, I should go ahead and say that, too. I thought that was a really, really good movie. So good. The sweet thing. I'm going to leave you all on a sad, happy note. Okay. Okay. There's uh, someone in the My Favorite Murder uh, uh, Facebook, which 
is now you can now go to the we are have we have a fan cult on myfavoritemurder.com you can join our fan cult there's forums and shit you can talk about stuff um her name's amy i don't think she wants me to say her last name okay. so i don't want to okay her name's amy and she wrote this uh last week i drive my daughter three and a half to four hours twice a week to speech therapy most of my commute is accompanied by georgia and karen oh no as the minisode ended today my three-year-old yelled from the back seat elvis i love him he's my elvis elvis (laughs) yeah okay good because you were looking at me (laughs) definitely a heartfelt moment we thought talking might never come with her disorder but even sweeter that she loves elvis Oh my. So she doesn't speak and she yelled that. Okay. Sorry. I was confused because I, th- I pictured that, uh, that the speech therapy child would be older. Right. Like for some reason I cast her as a, as a, like a not 10 year old. Nope. So when you said the three year old, then I was like, so it's an unspeaking. We thought talking might never come with Ugh. her disorder. But oh even my God. sweeter that she loves Elvis and then the emoji cat with hearts in its eyes. And she I yelled about it. Do it. Do you know how much I love this cat? Like, yes, I know, know actually exactly how much you love that cat. <laughs> so knowing that means like <laughs> so much like that it's Elvis makes me so happy. Well, you now you know there's a three year old that loves your cat as oh much as you loves you too sweetie Ow. um he is a good boy he's such a good boy he knows it let's <laughs> he's like i am yet. i'm having a certain feeling <laughs> i can tell something's about to happen he fucking knows when we've blathered on too long yeah he's like we're now at the uh seven hour yeah, mark cut it ladies um well thanks you guys for listening this week thank you for listening <laughs> uh if you if you listen you guys are the best look look and listen thank we love you. you thank you so stay you. sexy and don't get murdered Bye. Bye. Elvis, you want a cookie? Ah.